When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're going to talk more Asian football in a moment with Paul Williams on the global game, the Asian Cup, of course, something to sink our teeth into at the moment as our Socceroos got off to a winning start, but there are plenty of other talking points in that competition. Just a couple of texts, though, Scott McDonald, before we get to Paul Williams. Uh, thought Unite round was really good. Hopefully it gets bigger next year. This is from the text line. Is there a chance next year the old Rabbitohs training ground could be used that has gates that can close? Small crowd would fit nicely, similar to Norwood Oval in the gather round in the AFL. That's a nice suggestion potentially, mm-hmm. but we do feel as if all the games need to be at the one venue, perhaps Allianz or Combank. Salty from Freshwater. With Ivan Tony coming back for Brentford, could this be the impetus for... Brentford to get out of the relegation zone. And if he does hit form after his ban, may Arsenal come back in for him? Thomas Frank has said they'd consider anything above £80 million potentially. I think if he does start scoring against Scotty, then yes, he will get a big move because as we know, strikers are hard to find. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he will. If he can find form like he has done previously um, for Brentford, then there's no question he'll be on to bigger pastures. And do you agree with the FIFA best winner? This one through on the text line as well. Even though Messi didn't have the best 23, lots of captains voted for him. I can't understand that. The Ballon d'Or, he deserved because of the World Cup. It carries huge weight. But that was 2022. How on earth he won it over Haaland or others based on what happened in 2023? I can't fathom that. No, absolutely. I agree with you, Garby. It should have been Haaland all the way for me. When yep. you win a treble as well and, and do it in the, the most difficult league, for one, and then obviously win the Champions League. It has to be him. Yeah. That was a weird one, but the players voted, so blame them. <laughs> Paramount needs to be in more venues off the text line. Ridiculous, you can't go out to a pub um, or a club on a Friday night and watch Australian football. Couldn't agree more. And yep. uh, maybe the A-Leagues need to try and address that at the pubs around the country uh, as we move into next season. Paul Williams is with us to talk the Asian game. Paul, hello to you, mate. Hi, Paul. Gabby Scott, how are you guys? Good. Uh, Much better after watching the Socceroos get over the line against India on Saturday night. It was nervy for that first half hour, but Igor Stimac has that Indian team set up very well. He does indeed, but it's always nice to to start with a win. Obviously, it was far from our most polished performance. I think we'd all agree on that, but it's always Mm. about growing into a tournament. You're not out there to win the tournament in your first game. It's about building up over hopefully seven games, of football, I still think there is that concern about how we deal with low block. I don't think those yep. questions have necessarily been answered. Um, I'd like to see Jordan Boss, Riley McGree from the start in the next game. I think they offer a little bit of a different dimension to our game as well. So um, there were some some more questions to come out of it, but it's important to start with a win. Yeah, obviously the other take on the group as well was uh, the, the draw in it. What did you make of that game? Between Syria and Uzbekistan, yeah, I mean, and if you look at it, the, the the games were similar in that you had a team, you know, set up defensively out to to stymie their opponent. Opponent that was Syria against 
Uzbekistan. So I guess looking at that, we can probably expect the same from Syria mm -hmm. when we face them next uh, in a couple of days' time. That They will go with that defensive approach. I think they're going to probably be able to offer a little bit more offensively than, than what India were, were able to do. I don't think India, apart from one or two opportunities in that first half, really offered much of a threat going the other way. I think with the, the tools that they have at their disposal, Syria will certainly offer that. So that's going to be a, a greater test for Graham Arnold's side to see what they've learned out of that opening game against India. We were talking off air, um, me and Garby, Paul, about obviously that being a draw. Um, does that give you a bit of fear? Obviously, that being now that those two teams are now still in contention of getting through to the final phase. If you're Graham Arnold looking at that, does that worry you in terms of going into now that next game where both teams can still trump you? Um. I don't think that will necessarily come into the equation for Graham Arnold. He's always been one that's always focused on we just do what what we need to do and the rest will take care of itself. Syria and Uzbekistan were always going to be challenging opponents in, in this group. You know, it's got banana skin written all over mm. in those two matches. They're, they're teams that have troubled us in the past. So I, I think the focus will be very much on just trying to improve Australia's game Um but, yeah, you're right. That that draw certainly keeps both teams you know, in the hunt. Um, and, you know, Syria is going to be a, a difficult challenge. Um, when we, When is it? Wednesday, Thursday that we play them? Thursday night. Um, the three big teams uh, to have had wins so far, Iran, Japan, South Korea. Saudi Arabia plays in the early hours of the morning against Oman. Obviously, we the, uh, the other side that makes up the big five. But what have you made of the wins for Iran, Japan and South Korea so far? Which stood out? Which team stood out to you the most from that pack in the early stages, Paul? Iran looked really good in their win against Palestine, although you have to factor in that, again, that the, the opposition perhaps wasn't the strongest. Mm. Um, Japan and Korea had scratchy performances, I think you could say, but I think what they showed is that they were both challenged in those games. Vietnam, you know, not just equalised, they took the lead against Japan and Bahrain equalised against Korea last night, but they responded, as you'd expect, favourites to respond. Um, Lee Kang-in in particular for Korea last night was absolutely sensational. I mean, he, his passing and, and vision is absolutely elite. Uh, and the goal that he scored to, to put Korea back ahead um, will be one of the goals of the tournament. He was superb. And I thought Japan, the way they responded against Vietnam was the, a, a side and it was their second string side. Um, it, it showed the depth and the quality that they have. So I think all three were impressive in their victories. It was a tough night for Indonesia and Malaysia, wasn't it? Indonesia making a fist of it in their 3-1 loss to Iraq while Malaysia was soundly beaten by Jordan. A big achievement for either of them, obviously, to make this tournament. But what's required for these nations to make the step and, and be more competitive in these tournaments, you think, Paul? Yeah, firstly, that Indonesia-Iraq match was absolutely brilliant last night. It was a, a great advert for the Asian Cup. And, and Indonesia gave as good as they got. And I said last week I wanted to show... Wanted them to show what they were capable mm. of, and they more than did that last night. Um, to, to answer your question, though, it's investment, and, and primarily it's investment in the domestic structures. It's to raise the level of their domestic leagues because that is where the vast majority of their players are playing week in, week out. So they need to raise the standards both on and off the field. Um, and they also then need to be able to send their best players abroad as well, whether that's to Japan, Korea. I'd even like to see some of them come here to the A-League as well because we know that they're good enough. We've seen it with Thai players in the past that have gone to Japan. We're seeing it as well. Super Choc and Ekinit are there. Yeah. Uh, Super Nat is in Belgium as well as Naui from 
Indonesia is in Korea. Sending their best players abroad to get more experience will certainly help them as well. But it's all about raising the level of their domestic games. Looking forward to Thailand and Kyrgyzstan in the early, early hours of the morning as well. Kyrgyzstan's a team to watch out for, as I said with Simon at the start of the show. They are the romantic team for me. If they can uh, snare a win or two, I think that'd be one to watch out for in terms of a, uh, a football minnow at the moment developing at a reasonable rate. Uh, they've got something to be excited about. I want to ask you about Qatar more broadly, Paul. So they've had the World Cup just over a year ago. Now they get to back that up with the Asian Cup. Um, where are they at in terms of becoming enamoured with football in that country? What are the crowds like? What's the interest like? Because it's a couple of massive competitions back-to-back in beautiful stadiums. We know all about what the World Cup was like, the controversies beforehand, what's transpired since, and so on. Where are they at considering all those things that have been mentioned as a football nation? It's really interesting because, you know, you look at the attendances domestically and they're still relatively weak um there's no doubt that there is massive interest for football within the country it's it's translating that into attendances week in week out because historically it's it's not a culture that has supported week in week out attendance Mm. of football it's it's sitting around with yashisha watching it on the the tv it's the it's the social aspect of of watching football rather than the physical actually going to the stadium and mm. and supporting it i've been really impressed with the, the crowds for this tournament i think some of the the crowds that we've seen are fantastic compared to what we saw in in 2011 so that shows there has been growth you know there was 36,000 between australia and india the other night there was 9,000 when we played in in 2011 so that in itself shows that the growth of football not with just within qatar but within india as well and with that in mind, it flows on to the developments in Saudi Arabia. So reports that Jordan mm. Henderson wants out of Saudi, along with Roberto Firmino and maybe a couple of others. What do you make of that? What does that say for the Saudi league? I mean, there, there are some who are already saying, here we go, it's another China. I'm not sure that will be the case. But what do you make of these players wanting to get out of there and, and what might transpire in the future as a result of it? Yeah, th- those reports are, are interesting because... There's been nothing official from either of those camps yet to say that the players themselves actually want to um, want to leave those countries. I think we're always going to see those reports and whether they're factual and whether they're true remains to be seen. I'll be interested to see whether you know any or all of those players do actually leave Saudi Arabia or whether it's just um, you know media fodder. But it, it's really interesting because we've we've come off Qatar being sort of the centre of the football universe for the last 10 years as we built up to that World Cup. And we're now entering the the Saudi era mm. over the next decade. Of course, they've got the Asian Cup and the World Cup and the Asian Games over the next 10 years as well. We're going to find out what legacy that has left in in Qatar. Um, but what Saudi Arabia is doing is is Qatar on steroids. The investment <laughs> is far exceeding anything that, that Qatar did. Um, and, and I'm pretty sure they'll have seen the mistakes that Qatar made and they'll be sure to uh, to make sure that they don't repeat those same mistakes when they look to build their own football system. An interesting watch. Talk about Henderson going to Ajax now from uh, from Saudi Arabia. Yeah, it's an interesting development, that's for sure, considering what happened uh, in the off-season. Paul Williams, thanks so much for joining us to talk Asian football and uh, go the Socceroos against Syria on Thursday night. Indeed. Indeed. Cheers, guys. See you, mate. Cheers, Paul. Back with more in a minute to finish off for the global game for your Tuesday afternoon.